all across this building. Hallelujah. Would you lift up your voice as we continue to magnify the King of kings and the Lord of lords? Hallelujah. Do you feel his presence in the house of the Lord? Hallelujah. He's moving up and down these aisles. We worship you, Jesus. We glorify you, Lord. Somebody lift up your worship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise all across this building. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord here on this Sunday afternoon. As Brother D has already mentioned, this snowy Sunday afternoon, we're really getting hit with every, the last several years, we didn't get any snow. So we're getting it all this year. Amen. But I'm thankful for the people of God making the house of God a priority and being in church today. And God will bless you for it. Amen. At this time, we'd like to dismiss our Sunday school students to their classrooms and their teachers. And everybody say, God bless our Sunday school kids. And God bless our Sunday school teachers. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn open to the book of Jude. That is right before the book of Revelations. If you're wondering where it's at, it's got one, it's about one page, depending on the size of your Bible. It's got one chapter, and uh, technically every verse would be its own chapter. Amen. We're going to go to Jude chapter 1 and verse 3. And we're going to be reading several verses today, but I'll read one and then I'll let you be seated. Jude chapter 1 and verse number 3. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and to exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. That you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. And I want to preach to us for a few moments on this subject. Fight for your faith. Amen. Fight for your faith. Would you set down your Bibles and would you lift up your hands all across this building? Hallelujah. Come on, let's give God some praise in this house. Let's let our faith rise all across this building. Hallelujah, Lord. We love you, Jesus. Would you lift up your voice and let's, let's ask God to do his work here. Amen. Jesus, we love you. We thank you, God. And God, I'm praying today, Lord, that, that we would have some that have maybe been on the side, that they would get back into the fight of faith, God. Hallelujah, Lord. I'm praying for those that maybe have been beat down in life. God, that they would join this great fight of faith today. Hallelujah, Lord, we're giving you glory and honor and praise in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Somebody give God some praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. If you want to keep your Bibles, turn to the book of 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse number 12. Amen. We're just going to read a couple more scriptures. The word of the Lord declares in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse number 12, Paul is admonishing Timothy when he writes this, a younger man. He is admonishing Timothy to admonish the church. 
that he wants this young man to get this so he can put it into the church. And Paul writes this, fight the good fight of faith. Amen. Lay hold on eternal life. Whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. I give thee charge in the sight of God who quickened all things and before Christ Jesus who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession. He is saying, Timothy, I want you to contend for the faith. Amen. Fight the good fight of faith. And in that fight, in that wrestling match, you must lay hold. You must grapple on to eternal life. Amen. He said that just like Jesus, all the way until the end, he professed and he witnessed a great confession, a great uh, profession of faith that even when he was about to be crucified, Jesus did not let that sway him. Fight the good fight of faith. Second Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 6. Paul is writing again to Timothy. And he writes this, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them that also love his appearing. Amen. Paul is telling Timothy, I have lived a long life. I have continued in this race. I have not stopped. He said, I have fought the good fight, and in the middle of that fight, I kept on fighting. I didn't give up. I didn't give in. I made sure I made it all the way to the end of the match. I didn't tap out in the first round. I made it all the way to the 18th round. Amen. I made sure that after it was all said and done that I have this testimony. I have kept the faith. Amen. I want to tell us here today, God is calling for us to fight for our faith. The book of Luke chapter 18 and verse number 7. Jesus is telling a parable. And he says this, And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cried day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. But here's the clincher. He's talking about a woman that goes before an unjust judge. And this unjust judge just does not want to listen. And yet she continually comes and does not quit. She fights the fight of what is right. And in this, he finally makes it up in his mind. I will just give you whatever you want. And Jesus tells his disciples the meaning of this parable. He said that God is not like an unjust judge. He is going to make sure he takes care of what you have been asking for. Amen. He might take a little while, but he will come through for you. He will avenge you speedily. But here is the clincher. He says, nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, or when Jesus comes back to the earth, will he find faith on the earth? 
Church, we've got to contend and we've got to fight for our faith because at the end of the day, Jesus is coming back and he's got a question. I want to avenge you. I want to make things right. But when I come back, will I even find faith left in the earth? Are there any people that are going to continue to fight for their faith? Is there anybody left that's going to say, I'm going to stand on my faith? Uh, even at the end of it all, when it's all collapsing and falling apart, I'm going to stand and fight for my faith. Amen. These are things that God is wondering. Amen. When I come back, will I find faith on the earth? Amen. Because the end times are going to be wild. We are living in the end times, folks. Amen. The Bible says that if it were possible, amen, that, they, that he might even deceive the very elect. Amen. There is a devil out there that wants to take away your faith, that is trying to deceive you and to steal you away from your faith. And Jesus is saying it's going to get so, so wild and so brutal that people are going to be praying and asking God to, to help them. Amen. And Jesus is saying, I want to come and I'm going to help you and I'm going to avenge you speedily. But when I show up, is there anybody that's still going to be contending and fighting for their faith? Amen. This word contend comes from, uh, the, this Greek word for contend comes from the athletic world. It comes from the wrestling mat. Amen. I did wrestling. I don't know if anybody else did, but I did wrestling and jujitsu uh, for a while. And, and uh, it's all about grappling. It's all about uh, you are not matched against somebody who is weaker than you. That's called roughhousing with your kids. <laughs> There's a weight class. Amen. That's why you've got you to dehydrate right before the, the match to make sure you get to a lower weight class so you're stronger than the individual. But, uh, but, but there is this. There is this contending. You've got to grapple with somebody who is as strong as you. And it is a battle of the will more than it is a battle of the muscles because you are evenly matched. Amen. This word, it is a strengthened form of the word, which means to agonize. Anybody that's ever wrestled understands it's agony. It's not fun. It's painful. It is just constant pain. Uh, my, I'll never forget my brother was in wrestling. He's eight years older than me. And he'd come home and put me, uh, put my arms in positions I didn't know ever existed. And, and he was just thinking it was fun. But I, I was a pretzel. Amen. It was agony to wrestle. And Paul is telling the church, you've got to fight for your faith. And Jude is telling us that we must earnestly, we must diligently contend for the faith that was once delivered unto us. Amen. In 1 Timothy, Paul is contrasting the fight of faith to the fight of finances. You can read it in the context. Amen. He's saying that there's many that in this world they will fight and they will contend uh, to, to gain earthly riches. And then he tells Timothy, he said, but don't, don't fall into that trap. He said, you don't worry about all of that mess. He said, godliness with contentment is great gain. He said, you take that, that fight that you have inside of you instead of trying to get a boat and trying to get a yacht. Amen. He said, you take that, that, that fight inside of you and you start contending for the faith that God has put inside of you. He said, fight the good fight. Let me help somebody here today. There's a lot of fights. If you want to fight about anything, you can find somebody to fight with you about it. Amen. There are political fights. You just got to find the right arena, depending on the fight you want to be involved in. There are economic fights. There are ideological fights. There are racial fights. There are familial fights. There are marital fights. There are fights between parents and their kids. Amen. These are all fights 
that can be engaged in in this world. But Paul is declaring to Timothy, you got to engage in the right fight. Amen. Church, I want to tell you, in the end times, there's going to be a lot of things. Jesus said there's going to be wars. There's going to be rumors of wars. He said nation shall rise against nation. That word nation is ethnos, which is where we get the word ethnicity. Amen. I want to tell you, in the world, they're going to have ethnic battles, and that's what we're seeing right across uh, our, our world. It's not that way in the church because there is neither Jew nor Greek, bond nor free. There's no Skin tone don't matter in the church because we've all been baptized into Christ. But in the world, they're going to have all sorts of fights based on socioeconomic levels. And they're going to be fighting based on their skin tone. And they're going to be fighting based on their heritage and their origin. There's people who are going to be fighting over their sexuality and all these other things. Uh, amen. But, but Paul is telling the church, we've got to engage ourselves in the correct fight. He calls it the good fight. Can I preach to somebody what the good fight is? The good fight is fighting for your faith. It's not fighting your family. It's not fighting your spouse. It's not fighting this world system. It's not fighting the politics of our world. It's not fighting, uh, amen, based on economic situations. Uh, but the fight that we are to be engaged in is the good fight of faith. <laughs> it is important. Amen. Paul put it this way. He said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Paul is letting us know that is not where the fight is. It is not a carnal fight. Man, the church doesn't need to get beans, bunkers, and guns. That's not the fight we're involved in. We're in the fight of faith. Amen. We are not raising up arms against our brother. We're not raising up arms against our fellow man because that's not the good fight. Paul says we don't wrestle against. We don't fight against. We don't contend against. We don't agonize against flesh and blood. It is important to understand that our contention is not of this temporal world. It is not with your spouse. It is not with your kids. It's not with your boss. It's not with the city. It's not with the officials. I want us to understand that is not the good fight. Paul said we don't wrestle against those things. He said, but there's something that we do wrestle against. We wrestle against principalities, against powers, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Amen. In other words, we have an adversary that is fighting us at every step of the way, and we must contend against that adversary. Hallelujah. Let me help somebody. That adversary is sneaky. He's going to trick you and entrap you. Amen. It might look like flesh and blood that you're wrestling against, but you're not really wrestling against flesh and blood. It might think that you're wrestling against your boss, but it's not really your boss that you're wrestling against. You're wrestling against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. It's a fight of faith, and you got to intend. You got to contend for the faith. You got to fight for the faith. You got to get in the ring. You got to get in the arena. You got to get your gloves on, and you got to start fighting the right fight. Amen. I want to encourage somebody today, those that are fighting, amen, the adversary, those that are engaged in the right fight, those that are fighting uh, the devil. Satan might have some power, but I want you to know he's not omnipotent, which means all powerful. There's some folks that made the devil way too big. The Bible says he's already been defeated. Jesus already took the keys from him. I have nothing to fear from somebody who's already been defeated. Hallelujah. In fact, the Bible says that, that the Lord shall crush Satan under your feet. Hallelujah. 
In other words, God's already got him subdued, and he's put him under, under your feet. Uh, the Bible says that you should sit until the Lord makes all of your enemies your footstool. In other words, God wants to make your adversary nothing more than something you kick back up on and relax. Uh, but there's some folks that made the devil as if he's all-powerful. He might have some power. The true story is, amen, the only power the devil has is the power that you give him. Hallelujah. Jesus took the keys. Don't give the keys back to him. Jesus took the power and said, all power is given unto me. And he said, I'm going to give that power to you, but you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. The devil has no power. God gave you power. Don't give the devil any power. The devil might have some power. Usually it's the power people give him in their, in their lives, but he does not have all power. He might have some knowledge, but he's not omniscient, which means he's not all-knowing. God is all-knowing. Hallelujah. Some people think the devil knows everything about him. No, he doesn't. He doesn't know what you think. He knows what you do. Hallelujah. That's why the Bible says, submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Some people think the devil's up here in my brain. He's up in your brain. He might put thoughts there, but it's the actions that he's watching. He's wondering, if I put this bait out, will they go for it? Don't be ignorant of the devil's devices. He doesn't know everything. Amen. So don't give away more than he should know. Don't tell him more than he ought to know. If you're struggling, you don't need to announce it to the whole world. You ought to pray about it and say, Lord, this is between you and me. If you're on the ropes, you don't need to tell all the hell you know I'm about to give up because that's going to give the devil a little more information than he needs, and he's going to come by and just knock you the rest of the way over. Amen. The devil can be in a location. The Bible says of the devil, he's walking about seeking whom he may devour. In Job, he says, I'm walking to and fro through the earth. Amen. He don't even have a car. Amen. He, he can't take Uber. He can't get nowhere. Amen. He's got to walk. And he's just walking around. You know, you just got to outrun the devil sometimes. The Bible never says he runs. He just walks. Hey. There's some folks you need to get off your seat, and you need to start running as fast as you can. If you think the devil's coming by, he's just slowly walking his way, trying to get there. He, he's tired of walking around. You need to get out of his, his view. You need to get out of his way and just say, all right, here we go. I'm just going to go a little further with Jesus, and you can keep trying to walk behind me. Somebody needs to hop in their spiritual car and drive down the road. He might be in one spot, but I've got good news for you. He's not omnipresent. That's a God term. A God term that means he's everywhere at once and yet not spread thin, not diminished, which means God can be here and he can be there, but he's no less God here than he is there. He's here and he's there. He's right here in the church and he's there at your house when you're struggling. God is here at the church when you're worshiping and he's on the job when you're frustrated. He's right but the devil can't be in two places at once. If he's fighting your neighbor, he can't be fighting you as well. That's why the Bible says we ought to bear one another's burdens. He can't be in two places at once. So we ought to just distract the devil and get him on multiple fronts and fight him here and fight him there and fight him over here as well. Somebody ought to give God praise. You ought to give God praise because your God is bigger than your devils. Your God is bigger than your devils. Your, your God is bigger than your devils. Somebody ought to shout and give God some glory. Don't make the devil bigger than he is. 
The Bible says that one day we'll look upon him narrowly and say, is this, that's the guy that did this? Amen. That's what intimidation does. It makes you think that the struggle is bigger than it really is. You start thinking that the adversary is stronger than he really is. And so you, are, you start fearing. Amen. It's, it's like that big bully at school that you think is strong. But you realize real quick you hit a lot harder than they do. And then you recognize, I have nothing to fear from this individual. Don't make the devil bigger than he really is. Amen. Instead, take your time and focus on your faith and the faith in God, that God is all-powerful. Put your faith that God is all-knowing. Put your faith that God is everywhere at once and not diminish. Put your faith that God has everything in control. Put your faith that God's got all power in his hand and God is going to make it happen. But the adversary likes to deceive the minds of men and divert their attention from God. That's his greatest tactic, distraction. If I can't stop you from going to heaven, I can distract you from going to heaven. Hallelujah. In fact, the devil likes to do this by deceit and by lies. He puts question marks where God put periods. Notice the first question in the Bible was the devil talking to Eve. And he said, did God really say? See, God said it. And everything God said, it happened. God said, let there be light. There was light. Because God's all-powerful. It was immediate. It was absolute. There was not even sun, moon, or stars. And yet, light obeyed because God said it. And God said, don't eat it. Because in the day you eat it, you'll surely die. And the devil shows up and says, did he really say? It's an attack of your faith. And then he lied outright and said, you shall not surely die. The book of Job shows us what the real fight is going on behind the scenes. See, Job didn't know what was going on. Job just woke up one day, and it was a really bad day. He lost his kids, lost his house, lost everything, and he doesn't know what's going on. But God and the devil had had a conversation, and Satan shows up to tempt God. Does Job serve you for nothing? You know, Job just serves you because you're good to him. He just serves you because you bless him. He just serves you because you gave him some money, because you gave him a nice house and a nice car. Oh, I want us to see beyond just what we see today. Because there's a cosmic struggle, not a struggle between God and between the devil. See, God's greater than the devil. But there is a cosmic struggle between, amen, the devil and our humanity. And there is this, there is this game being played uh, where the devil's coming by and saying, they only serve you because they're blessed. They only serve you because of the nice car, because of the nice house. Oh, God, don't let it be said of us uh, that we only serve God when times are good. Come on, somebody. Don't ever let it be said of me that I only served God when I was healthy, that I only served God when I was wealthy, that I only served God when life was good. Oh, Lord, let me be like Job that says, although he slay me, yet will I trust him. I don't know what he's doing, but I trust him. God, let me have the faith that says I trust him and I worship him regardless of how I feel. Somebody clap and give God praise. The battle was over Job's faith. It was over Job's faith. See, because he didn't know what was going on. He looked around and said, man, what is this? I've lost everything. He even had friends come by and say, you know, maybe you did something wrong. His wife looked at him and said, curse God and die. 
Amen. What a great life it is now, Job. Just give up. Job didn't realize it, but he was fighting for his faith. 2 Corinthians 4 and 4 says, In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Amen. I want you to understand that the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But what has he come to steal, kill, and destroy? He's come to steal, kill, and destroy your faith in God. Let me say that again. He's come to steal, kill, and destroy your faith in God. The Bible says he has blinded the eyes, amen, of those that would have believed. See, he's all after your belief system. He doesn't want you to believe in God. He wants to blind you from belief. Hallelujah. I've come to preach to somebody. Why has the devil come to blind you from belief? The Bible declares in Hebrews eleven six: without faith, it is impossible to please God. If he can blind you from belief, he can blind you from pleasing God. If he can get you to stop fighting for your faith, he can get you fighting other battles. Uh, he can get you to stop pleasing God. We got to fight for our faith, church. We got to fight for our faith. Philippians 2 and 13 says, It is God which worketh in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Revelations 4 and 11 says, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. In other words, you and I were created for God's pleasure. Now, I'm going to help somebody understand this today. And the devil is trying to steal your faith, kill your faith, destroy your faith, because the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to give God that pleasure. In other words, he wants to steal God's pleasure. He's after God. He's not after you. He's after, he's after you so he can get to God. It's not even really about you and I. This battle is not about us. This battle belongs to the Lord. If he can steal your faith, he can get God to not receive the glory that he's due. If he can get your faith, you'll stop worshiping God. If he can get your faith, you'll stop praying to God. If he can get your faith. Let me help somebody. The devil is not after your finances. He's after your faith. He's just got the vehicle called finances to get after your faith. Because he's trying everything. He doesn't know everything. He's trying to figure it out. It's, it's just, he's just doing one thing at a time. This is why some people go, why is it all happening at the same time? It's what we call trial and error. Maybe if I do this, I can get him. And that doesn't get him. Maybe if I do this, maybe if I mess with their health. See, it ain't about your health. It's about your faith. The devil is not after your mind. He's after your faith. The devil is not after your church attendance. He's after your faith. The devil isn't after your dance. He's after your faith. I've heard people get up and say, the devil's scared of your dance. He ain't scared of your dance. You know, you can tap dance. 
You can, you can get out there and you can rain dance. It don't matter. The devil ain't scared of your dance. He's scared of your faith. And my faith is manifested in my worship. And my worship is manifested in my dance. It's not the dance that scares the devil. It's the faith. He's not after your giving. He's after your faith. He's not after your marriage. He's after your faith. He's not after your kids. He's after your faith. Can I preach to somebody? It's time to contend for the faith. It's time to get in the arena and fight for your faith. It's getting your gloves on and fighting for your faith. Somebody clap and give God praise. Somebody clap and give God praise. It's a battle of faith. It's a battle of faith. It's a fight of faith. It's a good fight of faith. It's a good fight of faith. Somebody clap and give God a shout of victory. Come on, what are you doing right now? I'm fighting for my faith. I'm fighting for my faith. If he can get to your faith by using those devices, he will. If he recognizes, all I got to do is just put a little trial in their life and they'll stop going to church. Just a little roadblock. Just a little snow. <laughs> now, he don't control the weather, but he'll, he don't miss an opportunity. You know, he'll, 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 oh, it's snowing. Hey, you should probably skip church today. Oh, it's a little far. It's about your faith. If he knows just one extra bill in the mail will throw you off, he'll make sure that the delivery man that meant to deliver it the month before forgot about it, and now you've got to pass due notice because it's two months, and you didn't budget for the two months. You budgeted for the one month. And you think it's all about just the finances. It's not about the finances. It's about your faith. The doctor will come in and say, hey, you know what? We actually found more wrong with you than we originally thought. And all those things you thought were wrong with you are actually worse. And what you don't realize is they mix up the charts, and it's not really as bad as they say it is. And the devil's after your faith, not your health. The Bible says, and it declares, we are not ignorant of the devil's devices. I think that's true in Paul's day, but I don't know if that's so true today. Because there's some folks that are very ignorant of how the devil operates and how the devil works. All it takes is just one hiccup, and they start losing their faith. All it takes is one trial, and they start losing their faith. But I've come to put the devil on blast today and open your eyes that he's blinding your belief, and he's after your faith, and he's... This is what Peter said when he's trying to let us know we should not think it's strange when we go through fiery trials as though some strange thing has happened. Don't get confused when you're going through it. The Bible says the trying of your faith. Notice what it is. What's the good fight about? It's a good fight of faith. The trying of your faith works patience. God knows I'm about to bring something better out of this. See, everybody, when you go through a trial, you have two decisions. One, I can let this build my faith. Or two, I can let this destroy my faith. I can get beat down by this, or I can be built up by this. I can let this destroy me, or I can let this make something greater in me. It is not enough to know what the fight is about. Because you could actually get to the place where you are not ignorant of the devil's devices. There's some folks that are the opposite of that. They know exactly what the devil's doing. 
but they let it happen. You can't let the bully pick, pick on you all the time. Amen. You cannot let the bully pick on you all the time. Somewhere along the lines, you've got to stand up for your faith. We must engage in the fight of faith. We must get in the battle. We must step into the arena. We must put on the armor, the whole armor of God. There's some folks that are walking around just saved, but they ain't got no other armor around, and they are completely defenseless. But brothers and sisters, you got to put on more than just salvation. I'm just saved. I'm just saved. Brother, you need to get the shield of faith. You need to get the sword of the spirit. You need to get armored up and prepared for the battle. It's not enough to know there's a battle. You got to get in the battle. It's not enough to know there is a fight. You got to get in the fight. So, Pastor, how do I fight for my faith? Amen. I want to tell you, you fight by your faith. Amen. By everything you do for God. Do you know everything you do for God is an act of worship? Everything. Everything. You showed up at church today? That's an act of worship. But you know that act of worship is an act of faith. Hallelujah. And everything you do, the devil's going to try to stop you at every avenue and every area because he does not want your faith to be built up. Uh, Amen. Every act of faith is a defiant act against the adversary. When you live for God, you are living by faith. When you worship God, you are worshiping God by faith. When you trust God, you are trusting God by faith. What are you doing? You're saying, hell, I defy you. I'm going to love God. I defy you. I'm going to worship God. When everything I see doesn't line up, I'm going to believe God anyway. Oh, somebody clap your hands and give God a shout of praise. Come on. When you worship, you're doing a defiant act of faith. You're fighting for your faith. You're engaging in the battle. When you get up and you go to work, you know you're fighting for your faith at work. When you, be, when you declare that no matter where I am, I'm going to be the same everywhere I go, not duplistic, I'm the same at work as I am at church, that's called fighting for your faith. When you, def- when you walk, amen, in your modesty, you are walking in faith. When you walk, amen, as, a, as, as somebody uh, who loves God, and you let, you let other people know uh, about your love for God, and you encourage them uh, in the faith, uh, you are fighting uh, for your faith. Romans 10 and 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of the Lord. The devil don't want you to hear church tonight. He didn't want you to hear this preaching today. That's why he tried to keep so many people out of church. The Bible says that we should come together so much the more as we see the day approaching. Because we are to provoke one another to love and to good works. You can't provoke somebody if you're a million miles away. You can't provoke somebody unless, you're, unless you get around them often. Uh, iron sharpens iron. So does a man sharpen the countenance of his friend. Uh, the Bible says if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sins. But if he can disconnect you from the body, uh, he can disconnect you from faith uh, and the blood that flows. 
He can, he can get you to become a dull sword because you're disconnected from people. And, that, and you think it's all about you just tired, you want to stay out. No, he wants to keep you out of fighting the fight of faith because one more individual fighting means he's losing. The devil doesn't want you to come in here preaching. No, no, he wants you to turn on your car and immediately just go straight to the secular music. Start thinking about all this other depressing music. And get your mind thinking about how bad life is. The devil wants you, amen, doesn't want your faith being built up. He wants you listening to all sorts of garbage. He wants you getting on the news. Oh, another shooting. Oh, another, another natural disaster. Oh, he wants you getting on Instagram or Facebook and seeing all the mess that's out there and all the junk that's out there. And he wants you to get you scrolling for hours where it's not building your faith. All it's doing is building up your lust. All it's doing is building up your doubts. All it's doing is building up your fears. All it's doing is building up your anxieties. But the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. He doesn't want you getting up here, amen, and hearing preaching and going to the altar. He doesn't want you listening to worship music. He doesn't want you in your Bible reading. He wants you on net Netflix. He wants, you, he wants you to be binge watching on Hulu and on Netflix and on Facebook and on Instagram. He's trying to take out your faith. But brothers and sisters, if faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord, I'm going to go where my faith is edified. I'm going to go where my faith is built up. I'm going to go where my faith is growing, where my faith is expanding. Let's stand across the building and let's clap our hands unto the Lord. Come on, somebody give God some praise today. Somebody give God some praise. Somebody give God some praise. What are you doing? I'm getting in the fight of faith. The Bible says faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of the Lord. And how shall they hear without a preacher? You know, every time I get up to preach, I'm trying my best to build up your faith. I might be preaching about repentance, but I'm building up your faith that you can repent. I might be preaching about miracles, but I'm building up your faith that God can still do miracles. I, I want you to know that every time you come in here preaching, you are trying to build up your faith. Amen. Faith comes by hearing. That's how it that's how it comes. You've got to get in the place where you can hear somebody build up your faith with the word of God. Amen. And then Jude puts it this way, building up your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Whew. Well, Pastor, I just don't know if I have faith anymore. When's the last time you spoke in other tongues? Well, I just don't know if I have faith to worship God. When's the last time you got down and you prayed all that carnality out of your mind? Oh, come on, let's get real here today. This is the real fight. So you got a bloody nose. Amen. And you're complaining about that bloody nose, but I'm trying to teach you how to fight back. Because this is how it gets down. This is where the rubber meets the road when you fight for your faith. You can't fight for your faith always binge watching. Your flesh, your flesh is, well, your flesh is already won. The battle's already over. You can't, you can't fight the fight of faith when you're always arguing with other people. You can't fight the fight of faith when you have no peace in your home because you refuse to pray the peace of God into your home. You, you got to get down and have a, well, I'll go to, I'll go, I'll have an altar once a, once a year, once a week, once a month when I feel like it. Brother, you need to make an altar at the church where you make it every time when the doors are open. 
But here's the fight of faith where it gets real because the battle does not just happen at the church. The battle happens at your home too. You got to build an altar in your house. Hey, you got to find a place where you can just hit that altar and begin to cry out to God and pray until the Holy Ghost overshadows you, until you start speaking in other tongues. Amen. I want to tell somebody that you feel like giving up in the faith. If you will pray in the Holy Ghost, your faith will be edified. Your faith will be built up. If we build up our faith by praying in the Holy Ghost, the opposite statement is also true. That we are not building up our faith when we forsake praying in the Holy Ghost. Our faith is not elevated to another level if we forsake praying in the Holy Ghost. Faith comes by hearing, but it is built up by praying in the Holy Ghost. You know, there's some folks, at least I'm this way, I, I, like, I like articles. I like uh, short stories, snippets. I like, uh, maybe it's my squirrel brain, I don't know. I used to love spark notes. Y'all don't know about spark notes. I passed every test with spark notes, praise God. Because I was just not interested because they didn't have it. Now they got audio books. I listen to those. But, but man, I just was not a fan of sitting down and just reading the whole book. Because there was a bunch of extra words that didn't need to be in there just because they were trying to get their word count. Just give me the main points. Here's the challenge with faith coming by hearing. You can go up to church and say, all right, pastor, give me the spark notes. Just give me, the, give me the main points of talking points of living for God, and, uh, and then I'll be good. Here's the challenge. I'll give you the spark notes, but somewhere along the lines, you're going to have to read the book. Because everything I say is coming from the book. But there's a whole lot I would say and want to say that I don't have time to say that you'll find when you open up the book. And you'll receive faith when I'm preaching. But you know you can also receive faith when you open up that book and start reading it. Man, all of a sudden God will start speaking to you through that book. And here's the other side of it. You can get the spark notes by me preaching. But you got to pray about it too. Ooh, let me say that again. You need to pray about it too. Pastor gets up on Wednesday, talks about trusting God, and you say, yeah, I trust God. No, you need to pray about it. Because <laughs> the Holy Ghost will start speaking to you. You know, there's areas of your life you don't trust God. And he'll start convicting you and say, in this area, let's deal with this. And what's happening, your faith starts rising and being built up in those areas because you heard the spark notes on the preaching on Sunday or Wednesday, but you went home on Monday and started praying about it. All right, God, I want to fight for my faith. Now I'm going to go home and pray about it. God, how do I fight for my faith? The Bible says the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, but it is the violent that take it by force. You have to be forceful about your faith. You, we cannot be passive about our faith because our adversary is not passive about attacking our faith. We cannot be passive about our faith because there's an adversary that's trying to kill your faith. Listen, I, I did wrestling, but never one time when I was wrestling did they pull out a knife. Because let me tell you, that just changed the game. This ain't a wrestling, a wrestling match no more. I want to tell you, the devil's not just interested in wrestling you, grappling and letting you go. No, he got a knife in his hand. 
It is a bite to the death, and he is trying to kill your faith. you got to get it out of your mind. This is no longer just a, just a little skirmish, but this is a fight of survival. And my, my faith is on the line, and my family's on the line, and my walk with God's on the line. So I'm not going to I'm gonna bring a gun to a knife fight. I'm not going to show up, amen, just ready to wrestle. I'm going to show up with the right equipment, the right gear, because I'm fighting for my life. For all my ex-hood rats, you know, when you get a street fight, nothing's off limits. You ain't. No, brother, you, you're going to tackle them. You're going to bite them. You're going to do whatever. You know there's some folks that need to take it by force. Maybe that's too real for some folks. You need to go and start being like devil. You're fighting dirty. They're throwing, he's throwing mud in your eyes, trying to blind you from faith, from belief. He's just doing whatever he can to knock you off your seat and knock you off your high horse. Amen. But I want to tell some folks, you need to get in there and start fighting dirty. Listen, I love when people pray for me. I do. It's awesome. Please pray for me. But you know, I've learned something. I like praying for other people too. And I know people like when I pray for them. But there are moments when I'm in such need that I, I, I love that other people will pray for me. But I know nobody's going to pray for me like I'm about to pray for me. Nobody's going to get in there and aggressively pray for me like I'm going to aggressively pray for myself. No one can pray for you like you can pray for you. What am I saying? The pastor cannot fight your fight of faith. You got to get in the arena. The church cannot fight your fight of faith. You got to get in the arena. You can't be on the spectating. We cannot spectate like it's a prize fight. Man, this is great. All right. Watching my life get beat up. Praise God. Somebody pray for me. Brother Diaz, put a prayer request up for me. No, you got to get out and you got to get in the ring and stop watching your faith get beat to tar and say, I'm going to do something about this. We have to be active in winning the fight of our faith. Somebody needs to just rear back and swing. If we can see in the spirit, there are people in this building you got, if you had three eyes, you'd have three black eyes. But the truth is, if we were to see in the spirit, there's some folks that are bloody and beat up. And they're on the ropes because they want to be a pacifist. That means to not want to fight. Devil just beating them up and they go, well, God will take care of it. And God is saying, fight the good fight. You got to get in there and you got to start swinging back. If you want the enemy, amen, if you want to hit the enemy back, sometimes you're going to have to hit your knees and pray. Hallelujah. You, you, you're going to have to go out and tell somebody about Jesus if you want to swing back and give the devil a black eye. You're going to need to worship when you don't feel like it. Uh, amen. When even if you're staggering from a recent hit against your faith, uh, you got to get off the ropes. Uh, amen. And you got to come back with aggression and you got to take it back by force. Let me help somebody. Don't tap out. It's too much. I quit. I quit. I can't take it anymore. Don't tap out when in the fight of your faith. Paul said, I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. I have fought the good fight. There's some folks you need to stay in until the final round. And if you get knocked down, the righteous man falls seven times. But he just keeps getting back up. Let me help somebody build your faith. The battle may not get easier but you will get better at fighting. 
my instructor in jujitsu, he said the first thing he does, every new student, he says, all right, let's get on the mat. Brother, in 30 seconds, he had me. I, <laughs> and I thought, this is not for me. This is not for me. But you give it a little bit of time of training. Man, I might not, I may not be able to meet, beat the master, but I can hold out for more than 30 seconds. You know, there's some things in life that are never going to get easier. You're just going to get stronger. Well, I just wish this battle would be over. The moment this battle's over, there's a new one that's going to start. And if you don't start activating your faith in this battle, you'll never win the next one. If you don't let the Holy Ghost build up your faith in this battle, you'll never have strength for the next battle. And so God put you in a small skirmish, in a small fight, so you can have strength for the war. Amen. There's some people, they don't look like they're struggling. Don't assume that their fight is easy. They've just gotten better at fighting. In 1901, Theodore Roosevelt said this, It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs and comes up short again and again. Because there is no effort without error or shortcoming. But who knows the great enthusiasm, the great devotion, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at their very worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who knew neither victory nor defeat. There's some folks that are looking at your life on the sidelines and they're saying all the ways you could do it better. But if you are in the arena, that's what really matters. There's some folks that are looking at your life and saying, well, they probably couldn't, well, I wouldn't have done that. It's so easy for the spectator. Well, I, I would have done this and I don't think, I, I don't agree with that and I would have done this. But brother, if you get in the arena and start fighting, it takes on a whole new hue. You know when it comes to the fight of faith, Brother Jonathan, I can tell you all the things that I think you need to do from the spectator standpoint, but the truth is you're going to have to get in the arena. And you need to get down there and start fighting. And the truth is when you're down there in the fight, you'll recognize uh, how, in how, how intense this battle really is, and you cannot give up in the middle of that fight. Somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. Come on, let's pray all across this building. There's some folks in this house, you need to get out of the grandstands, you got to get out of the spectator spot, and you need to get yourself down to the arena and say, Lord, I'm not going to watch my faith get beat to tar, I'm going to get in there and start fighting, I'm going to get in there and start praying, I'm going to get in there and start fasting, I'm going to get in there and start reading the word, I'm going to get in there and start worshiping. Come on church, I want to open up this altar, this altar is the arena tonight. This altar's the arena. Would you get out of the grandstand? Find yourself a place in the arena. Put on your gloves and start getting ready for the fight. Come on. This altar is where you get ready. Amen. This altar's the arena. Monday morning's the arena. Tuesday's the arena. Thursday and Wednesday's the arena. Friday's the arena. When you go home, it's the arena. You're in a battle, but you got to get ready. Somebody start praying in the Holy Ghost. Come on. 
Amen. The faith has come because you heard the word. But now it's time to start praying in the Holy Ghost. God will start speaking to you about specifics, where you're at, what you're going through. God's going to tell you exactly what you need to do in the middle of this fight. Come on. Fight the good fight of faith. Earnestly contend. Wrestle with the faith. Don't give up on your faith. Fight for your faith. Don't give in on your faith. Fight for your faith. Pray for your faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Grapple and lay hold on eternal life. Devil, you're not going to have my salvation. Devil, you're not going to have my sound mind. Devil, you're not going to have my family. Devil, you're not going to have my kids. I'm going to fight with my faith. It's your body and your blood you shed for me. Come on, somebody lift up your hands. Come on, when you come down to this altar, lift up your hands and begin to call on the name of Jesus. There's a table that you prepare for me. In the presence of my enemy. It's your body Come on. and your Somebody blood pray the Holy you Ghost. Maybe you've been struggling. Maybe you're on the ropes. It's time to get in the prayer room. It's time to get the Holy Ghost. It's time to pray in the altar until your faith is edified. Until your faith is strengthened. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. Come on, right now. This is how I fight my battles. When you lift up your hands, battles. you're fighting the fight of faith. When you pray in this altar, you're fighting the fight of faith. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my Devil, battles. you can't have my faith. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I Make it to the this end, brother. Make it to the end, sis. Fight for your faith. Fight for your faith.
Somebody pray the Holy Ghost. Find somebody to pray with them. <laughs> 